let me start out by saying I missed you guys last week. I think we made the right call with the weather, and uh, I think we're pretty effective. We're getting where we can kind of track down everybody either through Facebook or, or a text or, you know, a phone call. So we want to make sure um, if you, for some reason you didn't get contacted, please let us know. Make sure we got the right contact information because we want to be able to do that. So uh, I missed you. Anybody miss me? Chuck missed me. He went like that. Well, good. But we're back in the in the house today, and we're going to see what God has for us. The message is called "For Another," and, and that's going to come alive to us as I un, un, uh, unpack a little bit what the Lord was showing me. And I said, this message this week is really something to make us think. You know, the, the messages that God gives is to challenge us to to grow, to to be all that we can be for Him. And so, there's a few things I hope that we ponder today. And this message is not something that you've never heard before, but I promise you it's a message that we need to hear often, starting with the guy talking, okay? Because we need to be reminded about, you know, God's love, not only for us, but for others, amen? And so that we can be that conduit. And I I wrote a few things down here. I said, you know, this message is about God's love uh, for you, but your love for others as, as much as anything else. And sometimes we really don't realize just how much God is using you. I talk to people all the time. They go, man, I just, I just want to be used by God. And I watch their life over time and say, man, you, God is using you. But because it doesn't look like the way he uses her or the way he uses him, they think that they're not effective. Man, don't buy that lie. I see a lot of faces in here that God uses mightily every week, every day. Maybe it's a text. Maybe it's a note. Maybe it's somebody just say, hey, you know, how you doing? And not only that, there's a lot of things that we don't even realize that we're being a blessing to folks. Maybe it's holding the door. Maybe it's, it's helping somebody or something like that. You just don't know what somebody else is experiencing. And just a sweet word of encouragement can change everything. Have y'all ever had a day that's just, just been rough? Yes, we have. And somebody will come along. Somebody maybe you don't even know. They don't want anything. They, don't, they just And they speak a word of encouragement into your life at, a, at the right time. That's priceless. I want to be that person. How about you? I want to be that guy that says, you know, hey, when the Lord says move, that we move. When the Lord says stay and listen, that we do that. So I want to start out with our scripture here and kind of break it down a little bit what the Lord was showing me this week. You've heard this many times, John 15, 13. It says, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. All right. Now, a lot of times when we hear that, we think about giving our life, our breathing life. Okay, that's true. But I want to take it just at a little bit different angle this week and say, you know, what about us just being uh, more compassionate? What about us loving others? What about us caring and investing in others? I wrote it this way. I said, laying down your life for others means putting them first and making their need more important than your own. And I said, this verse is about being selfless, sacrificial in your actions towards others and selfless. And we can be selfish real fast, can't we? It's funny that this stuck in my mind. I was talking to one of my buddies and we were doing different things. And, and he knows I'm involved in the ministry. And, and, and he's a great guy. And he loves the Lord and everything. But he's real honest. He said, I don't think I could do what you do. I'm not putting Buddy up here. I'm just telling you how people think sometimes. I said, what do you mean? He says, dude, I'm just too selfish. I said, no, you're not, man. Because he's always doing so. Because, see, again, he doesn't realize that he's doing stuff all the time. It just doesn't look like maybe what you're doing or he's doing. And I said, man, you're doing stuff all the time. He said, man, but it takes a lot of time. You invest in a lot of people. I go, and it's worth it, isn't it? See, because I know it's worth it. God looked at our life and said, they're worth it. 
And I, I ask the Lord all the time, and, and I pray that you guys do this as well. Lord, help me to see folks like you see them. You know what I mean? Give us the eyes of Christ. And I have to be the first one to say, I don't always have the eyes of Christ. But I ask the Lord to help mold me and, and show me those things. And the more that I see that God pours out his love on me, the better my eyesight gets for others. Does that make sense? When I start thinking about how God forgave me and how God has done things for me and how God has provided for me and how God has put somebody in my life at some of the darkest and, and deepest uh, times in my life where I thought nobody even cares, man. We always know, I think, in our head that God cares. You know? And it doesn't take long if we start. Can we turn this down just a little bit? Well, I, I think when we, we start to think about that, um, it's easy to get real complacent with that. Thanks. That's fine. But do we really think about the others that people have put in our life and surrounded us with? You know? And I pray, see, I, I really pray for unity in the church body. I pray for, for that, not just in our family, but our church with other churches. Not just in Bacosan, but, but all those that are, are like-minded. Right? And you have to be careful with that. You want to make sure they believe what you believe. And I'm not getting all down that path. But keeping Christ-centered and, and loving people like Christ has asked us to do. And being, being that mirror Christ to them. So we're talking about caring, we're talking about compassion, and we're talking about all those things and investing in others. So we got our handout today. We're going to be talking about some sacrifice. We're talking about his greatest sacrifice, our daily sacrifice, and our sacrifice to others. Amen? So everybody doing good? We're going to go on and jump on in. Sounds good. You guys got to wake up. I never gave you a week off. That's good. Here we go. All right. I wanted to read this to set the stage. Man, this thing is pumping today. Uh but that's good. Nobody's sleeping, right? I wrote this down. I said, Jesus, the gift of life. You know, I, I want everybody to know that as we drink this in this morning, Jesus is the only sacrifice we need. Okay? He is the one that makes us right with the Lord. Okay? So as we start breaking this down and talking about our daily sacrifice, I'm talking about putting others before us, putting God in the right place. But ultimately, I think we all know, but I want to make sure that we're talking about the same thing. The sacrifice of Christ took care of everything. Your grandmother can't get you to heaven. Your brother can't get you to heaven. Your, your wife can't get you to heaven. Jesus Christ's sacrifice, his perfect sacrifice, him himself, is what's done it. So let's start there from the very beginning. Amen. So his greatest sacrifice was Jesus himself. Laid down his life for us. I said, Jesus is the gift of life. I said, just drink that in a little bit this morning. I said, you know, not so much with your head, but with your heart. You know, you've heard it a million times. But sometimes I think we get, like I said earlier, we get desensitized to that. Because what we said, you say, don't you know Jesus loves you? Then people go, and if they're really down, they go, yeah, but. Jesus doesn't say, I love you, but. In there, I hadn't seen that, right? Man. And I, I said, you know, when we start hearing about his sacrifice, that's the very core of our salvation. The very thing. When we were praising the Lord today, I was just, just opening my heart and thinking about, where you go, I will go. I don't sing it as good as they do. But, you know, man, what would happen if we really got on fire? And that was our prayer. And that was our actions to what we do. Our feet followed our, our mouth. You know? And that's what I pray today. Is every time we get together is that we encourage one another to step into what God has for us. With that confident expectation. You know? Angela loves to talk about hope. We all love to hear about the hope of God. Not the hope so like you hear on the street. But the confident expectation that God will do what he said he's going to do. Anybody been reading the promises of God lately? Opening his word? It's hard to be depressed when you're doing that. Right? 
And I encourage you when you have a down day to do that. I encourage you when you have a good day to do that. I encourage you to always go back and look at who you are in Christ. Because I'm going to tell you what, there's days that we're going to have crisis. And it's good to have that built up in the inside. You know, God is for us. Well, let's take a few more looks here. I said, so his great sacrifice, what did it bring? And I know you say, well, buddy, we know this, do we? Because if we know this, how can we don't always respond like that? Let's remind ourselves. Let's continue. You know, it's just like when you, when you go, I know when I was in martial arts, we would do the same drill over and over. And I'm going, I don't want to do it anymore. But as years went by, you know, when somebody in my family always says, what do you think, somebody's chasing you? Because if I come out of the bathroom and somebody goes to scare you, man, I'll snatch on them real fast. Don't do that. But it's, it's, it's second nature because I've done about a million of these blocks over time, you know. I don't want to hurt nobody, but it's just second nature. Let's do that same thing with the Word of God. If we continue to think about how large God is, how much love God has for us, how much we are forgiven. Amen. I love that right there. That starts changing everything. When I realize how much God has forgiven me of, man, I get excited. Because I'm telling you, like I said many times, if, if you never went to church but once when you're five and then go back when you're 30, you like to hear about forgiveness. And let me tell you something you might not know. As you walk with the Lord as a Christian, you like to hear about forgiveness. There's never a time that I don't want to hear about God's forgiveness. Amen. And so I hope that you hear that today. So what did it bring? It brought salvation. It brought freedom. It brought wisdom. It brought peace and love and so more. It, I said never underestimate the power of the cross. Because he is risen. While I'm thinking about it, our friends from the CMA contacted me the other day for our sunrise service. And we'll be doing that again this year. I'll keep you all posted. It's coming faster than you think. So that's always a good time. So be thinking about that. Wear something warm and and dust off your motorcycle. And if you don't have one, you can ride with Tim. (laughs) He's got an extra helmet. Grandmama, he'll get you at six. (laughs) I would say I'd go, but she wouldn't ride with me. Tim's a safe driver. But... uh, So what did it bring? It brought everything. Everything that we'll ever need. Not just for now, but forever, for eternity. Let's keep on going. How did you receive it? I'm talking about the gift of God. How do we receive that? By faith. Look at this. I don't have it up here, but it's Acts 16, 30 through 33. And y'all have heard this. And this goes back when when Paul and Silas were were in prison. And and, um, man, it just looked really doom and gloom. And they were singing. And just singing praises. Can you imagine being in jail just singing praises? You think, man, they're probably going to come for me tomorrow. But they're, they're singing praises. So much that the Lord just busts down the walls. See, our God is a wall-busting God. Amen? It doesn't matter where you are. God will reach in and get you. Amen? Let me read this to you. And it says this. Then he brought them out and asked. This is now. Remember this story? And I just wanted to touch on this for a minute. Everything's looking doom and gloom. All the prisoners are in there you got the guard that is responsible for each person in there. And if they, if they leave, if they get out, he will die. And probably even kill his family, but he's going to go. And they go, and, and the wall opens up, man, and, and they take off. And, he, and he's like, oh, my gosh, where's everybody at? And he said, we're all right here. That was a life-changing event in that man's life. Look what he says. He said, and then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Along with everyone in your household. Now I want to go here. A lot of times people get mixed around that, that wheel right there. Everyone in your household that believes. Okay. I can't believe enough for you. It's all a personal thing. It's all a personal relationship. So you know what? How did you receive it? You received the word. Somebody shared the word with you. And you received it by faith. You said I believe that. I took that in. It wasn't nothing you did. 
It wasn't how much you gave. It wasn't how many times you went to church. And they said, oh, you know what? Today's your day. You just, you just hit the millionth time through the threshold. You're in. It's not it. It's the day. It's the time. Maybe it is today. Maybe it's been 30 years ago that you said, Lord, I believe you're the son of God. It takes away the sin of the world. Today, I'm trusting you. Do you remember that day in your life? I remember that day in my life. Now, I didn't have lightning bolts shoot out my feet or anything else, but I knew one thing. It felt like somebody took a weight off my shoulders. And I'll tell you the next thing. By the next Sunday, the devil got on there just like this, boy. Yeah! Well, if you're saved, why'd you cuss the lady out in the parking lot? (laughs) I'm trying. But see, guess what? You can try all you want. It won't get you saved. You're saved because Jesus finished it. But as God works in your life, he starts changing things from the inside out. So never underestimate the power of the cross. That's, that's the whole thing. He is risen. Let's take a look at this. So here's the question. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with the message of Christ? How, how does that impact your life? How does it change? It should change everything in your life. That does not mean that you never have any problems. That does not mean that, you know, uh, it only rains on your garden and the sunshine only comes on your garden and it doesn't happen on your neighbors, okay? It means, you know what, that you are secured in Christ, that you are loved, that you are God's masterpiece. And he will never, what, leave you or forsake you. And that's some good news, some real good news. I've said this several times. Why is it? I don't know, maybe because we're built for community. Why is it we feel better if we're going through a tough time if we got somebody going through it with us? Is that true or is it just me? <laughs> I don't want to drag anybody down. But if I can relate to somebody, and if somebody comes and says, look, man, we're going to make this thing. Hey, look, this is, this is temporary. Let's go. I'm going to keep walking with you. Come on, let's keep going. You know, that means all the difference. The things that you go through today may be the very thing that God uses in your life to help somebody tomorrow. I talked to a friend of mine who's going through a tough time. He goes, man, he says, uh, I just appreciate you taking time. And when I say this, it's not buddy doing everything. No. That's not what I'm saying. But some of the things that I've been through, and I haven't been through a lot that you guys have been through. When I see that coming up in somebody else's life, I go, man, I remember walking through that. I remember that was a really dark time. What did I feel like I needed the most? Well, first I needed God. But it sure was nice when somebody else came alongside and reminded me that God's still working. That God's still loving me. Even in the midst of that. Let's be that person. What would you do for another? Would you take a little time with them? Would you, would you, would you pray with them? Would you call and follow up with them? Would you, would you say, hey, you know what? You're not by yourself, man. Let me tell you what. You'll start seeing God move in your life like you never did before. Because you know why? It's really saying, are you available? If you're available, you watch how God moves through your life. So I said, so now how do we really apply that? I'm not talking about being perfect or looking good and shaking hands and playing church. I'm talking about everyday life when things get rough, stinky, and hard. That's what I wrote down. That's the truth. When things get stinky, how, how will you stand on the promises of God? You got to know them. You got to read them. You got to digest them. And it's good to be around folks that know them too. Because they can do, as we said so many times, talk about iron sharpening, sharpening iron. That God will continue to have people help you along the way. Amen. You know what? We got everything we need in Christ. But Christ also uses folks just like you and you and you and you and you and me. But the thing is, are we available? I pray that we are. So we talked about his great sacrifice that brings everything into focus. What about our daily sacrifice? And, and I got this here. I said, you know, 
laying down your life for others. Remember what we said earlier, and this is what I'm, I'm really focusing on today. Putting others first and making their needs more important than your own. This verse is about being selfless and sacrificial in your actions towards others rather than being selfish. I've shared the story, but it just hit my heart again. Years ago, there was, there was a uh, funeral that I preached. I probably never spoke in front of that many people. I think there was probably about 800, 900 people there. And it was a real sad situation other than this person knew Christ. So there was a celebration in there, but they just left this place way too long. And they had several speakers, and I was one of the speakers. And I remember this guy told me, he came over and said, well, where did you go to school at? And where did you do this? And he was trying to get my background, and he wanted to know how many people were at our church. And he's always, he was sizing me up and all this. And I don't even think he, he realized this, everything else. And I was eating like candy. Just kind of hanging out before we went back there. Because, see, I'd already been praying. And our ministry team had already been praying. And we were praying that, you know, what we could bring comfort to that family and that we could bring salvation to those that didn't know. Lord, this is a big deal. I understand this is a big deal. I'm available. And the guy asked me this. He said, don't you, don't you get nervous? Don't you get worried? Don't you get this and this and this? And I'm thinking, I don't even want to hear this right now. And I said this. I know this was a God thing. I said, well, you know, I said I used to. And I'm not saying that I never do either, you know, at times. But when I take my eyes off the Lord, that's when it happens. But we had prayed about this opportunity. See, I saw it as an opportunity for people to know Jesus Christ. See, most times people's hearts are never more softer than when something like that happens. Never more open to hear the gospel. And I responded this way. I said, you know, I could take that, that, that road to be nervous. I said, but what I have to say about the Lord is more important than how I feel. That's the thing. And so in that minute, I knew that it was not about me, that I know, Lord, give me the words to say. Show me how the, to reach the people that are coming, Lord. And many people came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Not because of buddy, not because of this, not because of that, but because his word went forth. Heard a guy say one time, if you could get a dog to bark the gospel, people could get saved. It's the power in his word. You know what I mean? But you know what? He'll choose you to do it. He'll choose me to do it. Isn't that a great privilege? That's a great privilege, and I want us to think about that. Laying down your life for others may mean listening a little longer, staying a little few more minutes, maybe finding something good in a terrible situation. Lord, help us to lay down the things that we put so high between you and us and others and put you first. That's what I want to talk about today. Let's keep on going. I put choosing God's ways over your ways. That's what we're really in our, our daily sacrifice. I wanted to read this here, what I wrote down, and it says this. Sometimes it might be getting out of your comfort zone. Woo, how about that? I believe most time it means getting out of your comfort zone is what I wrote. I'll go as far as saying this. If you never live outside your comfort zone, I'm not sure you're really living. And that's what the Lord was showing me. And I'll give you an example. Were the disciples always comfortable? No. Was Jesus always comfortable? No. Why do you think that you're always going to be comfortable? And you say, well, I don't think that. Well, a lot of times we do. We go, why in the world is this happening? Because we live in a sin-filled world, man. But that's okay. Because we're not of the world. We're in the world, but we're not, we're, we're not of the world. Because we're a new creature with a new feature, right? So I look at that and I said, then, you know, why do we think so many times 
I talk to people. We think that as Christians, we're going to get the limo ride through life. Isn't that something? Guess what? You got to gas it up sometimes, don't you? You got to change the oil. You got to fix the tire, right? There's, there's a little, little maintenance going on here, right? It's the same with our life. We need to continue to be feeding on the Word of God, encouraging one another, strengthening. You don't get the gym membership and just turn around and get this great body. This is proof because I got the membership. Okay, You got to go, right? And as you can see, I need to go, right? But you know what? That's okay. You need to engage. That's what I'm saying. Not just with, with you know, our physical strength, but what about our faith? How do we do that? We read the word. We, we dig in with what God's got. Amen. So when we're looking at this and we're talking about all these different things and, and, and choosing God's ways over our ways, I said, this is our, what our daily sacrifice is about. Notice I said it's choosing. You got a choice. There's a lot of things in life you don't have a choice, but, but God says you've got a choice. You can follow me or not. Man, how many of y'all wish you didn't have a choice sometimes? <laughs> My life would look a lot better if I didn't have a choice. I'd just say, okay, he said, do this, and I did that. That's not it. It's free will. We have a choice. Isn't that something? You, you know, you can't tell your kids, so you're going to love me, and that's the way it is, and that's it. And they go, yes, sir. Hi, Captain. Yeah. You, you might have to remind them sometimes, but as you invest in them. Me and Jesse went out to eat last night. Something new, right? And we went and, and we love to go, you know, you got, we love to go to that little chop chop place, that uh, hibachi stuff. And our place was busy, man. I mean, it was really busy. We're like, what are we going to do? So I get on the phone. I go, there's another place right down the road. I call them and, they, and, I, and I, I finally translate that, yes, they have hibachi. <laughs> the lady was like, really wanting me to have uh, sushi. And I was like, no, I want the hibachi. So long story longer, we get there and me and Jesse are there. And a dad and his young son there. Right? And we were talking a little bit and we were nursed out. But that dad was every, he was just pouring into that boy so much. Come to find out it was his 10th birthday. But that dad was telling him about the sushi stuff. And he was telling him about this. And he was talking about school. See, I was kind of just leaning like this listening. And it really, it really blessed me to see how he was investing in his child. Man, that guy's flipping fire around, doing all this stuff. And I'm going, yeah, supper's coming. But he was still focused on his boy. Because I happen to know from the conversation, he doesn't always have his boy. You see? He's got to share him with mom sometimes. And there's a lot of situations where, where that's the case. But this dad, I don't know anything about him other than this. He wasn't wasting one minute. He didn't rush anything. He didn't, he didn't spoil him in the sense of whatever you want, little Johnny, here. He was investing in a man. He was choosing God's ways. He was choosing, hey, you're important. Hey, you know why we do it this way? You know why we do it that way? And that little thing last night that I had no idea that was going to be in the sermon today just really made me think, how often do we do that with our friends and our family and others? Because God's always speaking into our life like that. God's always coming alongside, hey, you know what, that's... This is the best for you. Hey, this is, this is what I want to do for you in your life. So you know what? Choosing God's ways over our ways is amazing. We've got a choice. Make those choices count over and over and over. And I said, you know what? A lot of times we think, well, I'm going to do what I want to do. Anybody ever say that? I'm going to pray for all of you because you know you do. Okay, you just don't, you do it and you just don't say it. Is that what it is? I'm going I'm to do what I want to do. Right? And my wife's going, that is my husband. No. 
But uh, you look at those things like that. I'm going to tell you what. Going it alone is highly overrated. Amen. It is highly overrated going it alone. Well, I'll just do this. Are y'all coming? I'm really leaving this time. <laughs> hey. Well, next time I'm really going to go. Right? <laughs> you know, we, we pulled some of that stuff over the years. But I'll tell you what. Going it alone is uh, highly overrated. And you do not have to go it alone. And I want to I show you a little something about seeking the Lord. I love this verse. I bring it in anytime I can. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. How many know? I know there's a lot that I don't know. And what's happening is, this is an amazing thing. The older I get, I find out how little I know. Because I tell you, this is a big world. And it's a good thing we got a big God to take care of us in it. Amen? Every step of the day. I mean, I don't have to wake up, like I said before, I sure hope I breathe all day today. Boy, I sure, I sure hope my heart beats all day today. You know, think about it. God's got it under control. All those things. Boy, I sure hope the atmosphere doesn't change. I hope we continue to have 21% oxygen today. You know, God's got it. But we'll worry about some other crazy stuff, right? Instead of looking, if God can make sure my heart's beating all day, make sure that I'm breathing all day, make sure that I got everything I need all day, I think God can handle the other things too. So let's focus on that. Keep on going. We can do some praising, right? We do a little seeking, do a little praising. Mark 10, 27 says, Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible. Somebody say amen. But not with God. If you didn't get anything else out of the service today, take that home with you. But not with God. For all things are possible with God. Man, Look back over your life and look at the things that you thought never would come around. You go, my gosh. I get the biggest kick out of this. I, 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 you know, I love my mom. I spend time with her. I try to get over there every day and everything else. And sometimes I just sit there and say, Mama, did you ever think your boy would be a preacher? She said, Lord, no. <laughs> she thought she was so excited. She goes, no. She says, something. No, that's God working in your life. I said, isn't that something? And then she has to go and remind me all the things that I did. You know? <laughs> I go, he's a great God, isn't he? You know, I'm just pointing the praise back to the Lord. She goes, it's, it's just something. You didn't want to go to school. You didn't want to do your homework. I don't think he ever read a whole library book in his whole life. I go, that's good, Mom. Okay, I'm good. And then she really gives me, goes, I tell you, if you spent enough time, as much time on that guitar as you did on those books, you would have been a genius. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Appreciate that. But you know what? She never stopped loving me, never stopped praying for me, never stopped encouraging me, you know? And I, I, I pray that we do that with our children as well and with our friends as well. You can do it. You know, Jesse's uh, 16 now, and I will say this. He's going to be doing the behind the wheel this week, y'all, if you do not have to go out. <laughs> Between like two and four, I'd stay at home. But anyway, Tim, we need an extra helmet. No, he does real good on that. But it's a matter of time, you know, it went so fast when I know like the, the longest time in my life with Thomas when he was growing, he's 24 now, was senior year. You know why? Because you pay for everything. It's senior day, pay. He needs a ring, pay. He's breathing, pay. It's, it's like, I was like, when is he going to graduate? You know, no wonder people are tapped out before they get to college because it's, it's something else going on all the time. But I also realized that when after that, college went pretty fast. You know, he's been how long? You been gone, son? Two two years. 
I'll go look at the Vepco bill. I can tell you exactly that. But I mean, it seemed like he just moved out. And I asked him the other day when he came over, I said, do you miss living here? He goes, it's nice being closed. <laughs> you know what that means? That means he can still come back and get something out of the refrigerator. But he ain't got to worry about that. Alexa takes good care of him, and I appreciate that. She actually takes good care of us, so that's good. But what I'm saying is, and those, those things, it goes so fast. It goes so fast. You know, what is it that you want to be? What is it that God's calling you to do? And those things, when you're, when you're at that age, you really need to be thinking about those things. But, you know, it doesn't stop when you get to 24, does it? Because then you've got a whole different set of things that you're looking at. It doesn't stop at 84. It doesn't stop at all. But I tell you where it starts. It starts with knowing that Jesus is who he says he is. It starts with receiving the greatest sacrifice of Christ. And then us living our daily sacrifice. What I mean by that is continuing to put God in a proper place in our life. And you know what? We don't always do that. But you know what? Aren't you glad that God will start things over? We can praise him. All things are possible with God. And what about this great tool that he gives us? Praying. Powerful communication with God our Father. Man. Over and over, man. This is just the cornerstone of our faith. We need wisdom. We can go to God. He says, man, you know, call to me and I'll show you great and mighty things you don't know. I wrote this down. I said, sometimes I believe that a lack of prayer demonstrates a lack of faith. Because if I know God's going to do it, and all I have to do is ask him and trust him, that's faith. But if I go, well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if God will do it or not. That's a lack of faith, right? Is there anything too big for God? Is there anything too small for God? But you know what we do? We just say, God, I got the small stuff. I'll hit you with the big stuff. You know? Something else. Just thought about something. Grandmama, uh, was that your first wedding ring that you had? The wedding ring with the diamond? And she was telling me about this, and she's told the story before. And, and uh, she was telling me about her ring. And she's, she lost the stone in like the 70s, right? Yeah. 1970s. Yeah, I wasn't going to. Yeah, I got it. If it was Jimmy, I would have said something. I'm teasing. She lost the stone, but she found it again. And then she lost it again and found it again. It's like this ring is not going anywhere. The reason I say that is it's not like it's a big, huge diamond. It's a nice diamond. It's what's behind that, okay? But I don't want you to miss this. That small thing. She prayed about it. And she prayed about it. And guess what? The Lord showed her where it was at. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Because it was important to her. Time goes by. What, what you said you were using your feather duster and something popped out of the end of it and found it the second time? I heard a scratch on the chair I was dusting. And found that. And it got caught in the duster evidently. Isn't that something? Those things right there, you say, oh, well, what does that have to do with it? Something that small. That's the needle in the haystack, folks. You think, well, you know, God doesn't care about that. It was important to her. And God showed her where it was at. Because if that would have been me, I'd have been dusting and had the radio on. I wouldn't have heard nothing, you know, doing all this stuff. That's why I don't dust no more. <laughs> Denise said, don't dance like that. But, you know, I just wanted to pull out those things because it's the everyday things that we miss. Yes, ma'am. Amen. I'm not even going to get it fixed again. I'm just going to keep it. And um, 
someone else lost their diamond and shared it with me. <laughs> and I gave it away. I said, I'm, I'm going to give this to you. You use it to help replace your diamond. And, oh my God, I'm wearing it today. Wee. He brought it back to me, <laughs> repaired, and looking as beautiful as it was the day that I got it. He's a restoration God. Give God. Um, this, this little diamond has really got a history to it. Well, it's in the right place right now, but that's really good. And, and the reason I didn't even know I was going to talk about that, but what I thought was so amazing was is how something so small that God can still find it. God can bring it back. And, and when it has something, it's, it's great value. I, I mean, I don't know what it's worth or whatever money-wise, but I can tell you what, it's worth a whole lot to her heart. So if it's worth a whole lot to her heart, guess what? It's worth a whole lot to my heart. How about you? It's worth a whole lot to, to God's heart. And that's just one illustration that, that, you know, we got to see work out over the, the years and times. And she shares that story a lot of times. And I, I thought about it when I went through here and thinking, man, there's, there's daily things. And God, we think about God in a big thing, but God is willing to work in even the smaller things. So I appreciate you sharing that, Grandmama, so much. I said, prayer is a priority. And, and do, we all, do, we, do we really use it? Do we just use prayer when we're back up against the wall or do we use it all the time? I pray that we use that all the time, not just to give God our grocery list, but to communicate with the Lord. I work with a guy and he's a uh, 68 years old, young guy. I promise you, if you saw this guy, you would think he's like 40. I'm not even stretching it. And one of the things that he always says, he said, man, when I get up, the first thing I do, he's like, man, I just thank the Lord that I can. He is give me, give me, you know, strength and things like that. And this is a working guy. I mean, we were pushing some stuff the other day. That was, I was sitting there and there's four guys on one side and the other guy by himself. Pushing with his legs, pushing this big piece of equipment out there. I'm thinking, please don't get hurt. That's going to be a lot of paperwork. <laughs> but he's so thankful for what God has done in his life that he'll use it, man, in a minute. That's all right. Well, we got to do this. He doesn't say, well, I'm too old. He says, you know what? The Lord's given me this body to do this. I'm going to keep on going. You know, so those things, but, but I know this, when you work with people, it's, it's kind of interesting. I spend more time with the people I work than I do with my family. You know, I, I hate to say that, but I mean, I wish I got to spend eight hours with my family because once I get home, they're going here and going there and everything else. So it's real nice if you got a good working environment, environment. So if you have a great working environment, thank the Lord for it. You can pray about it. If you don't have a great working environment, thank the Lord that he's going to change it. Amen. And you can pray about it. So either way, you get to pray. And you know what the best thing is about praying? Is that you get to communicate with God. There's things that the Lord shared with me over the time. And, and, and I heard the Lord. Not so much like, buddy, this is what you are supposed to do. No. But just little things like, you know, don't do that. Or do this. Or this is what I'm going to do. And, and, and share stuff with my family. And I'm jumping around. And I'm going, woo. And they go, what's up? I go, the Lord told me this. The Lord showed me this in my life that this was going to happen. Man, you, you can't buy that. You know what? That is priceless stuff. And you know how that happens is this. That you know what? We're a child of God. And God likes talking to his children. Amen. The problem is many times I turn the volume up on things in the world and I don't listen. Lord, forgive me for those times I don't listen, which are probably way too many. 
But I'm going to tell you what, I refuse to let the devil to beat me down and say, well, you don't listen all the time. I said, well, you know what, today, Lord, help me listen better. Lord, and strength, strengthen me today to listen better. Lord, help me to walk this thing out better. And when I fall down, help me to get back up. Bring somebody in my life to help me along the lines. You know what? We want to be that person for one another, don't we? We want to keep going. So in our daily sacrifice, you know, sometimes it's not about us. It's about them. Let's keep on rolling. We'll keep on pressing on. So our sacrifice for others, that's where we're getting to. And I said this again, but I think it's worth repeating. I said, let me be clear on what I'm talking about here. There is only one sacrifice needed for salvation. That is Jesus Christ. That's the perfect sacrifice. It was done. It is finished. We're talking about living our life out for him. Okay. Let's take a look at this. Some of the things that we can do for others is be a safe place for others. Amen. If somebody comes to talk to you or somebody needs some prayer or something, you don't need to put it on the six o'clock news. You just need to be, sometimes just listen. Lord, help us to be that person. You know, sometimes people just need a safe place to breathe and decompress. You know what? You know what the priceless thing is? It's a loving ear. Just to be able to talk to somebody. Sometimes, you know what I found? A lot of times people already know the answer. They don't want the answer or anything. They just need a break into action. Have you been there? I know I have, and I'm thankful for those folks who just say, Hey, you know what? This is temporary. It's going to be all right. Let's, let's keep going. It's going to be okay. And then you get folks that say, well, if you never would have done that, well, you no wonder you did this. And I'm going, I don't need that right now. I need some lifting up. Let's be that lifter up, right? Someone that cares, someone that loves you, somebody that represents Christ in a way that encourages, builds up, not tear down. Amen. What else can we do? Invest in them. See, a lot of times I work with a guy and he's doing different things. And he said, we need to go. Well, if you want to move up. You need to go to this class, and you need to go to this class, and you need to go to this class if you want to move up. He said, okay. So he goes to sign up for this class, and they go, uh, that's too much money. But you can go to these three classes. So he looked those three classes up, and they had already passed. He said, I'm glad to see that I was worth the investment. 30 years out. You won't have that with God. I'm not putting companies down or anything else. I know there's other things behind the scene and stuff like that. But what I'm saying is, the way my friend felt was this. I'm talking about a way you tell me to do this, I try to step out. And now you say, I'm not worth the investment. A lot of times we feel like we're not worth the investment. But others feel, make us feel that way. You will never have that with God. If you ever doubt the investment that God made in you, you looked at that cross right there. That's everything. Man, that's amazing, isn't it? So when I get down, I start thinking, man, I cannot believe I'm not just, that was terrible. That's not, I'm, I just, I feel so unworthy. Guess what? Righto, you're, you are, you know? Mr. Charlie says something most every morning when he comes in and I love this. And people say, they say, how are you doing? He said, better than I deserve. Isn't that so true? He's teaching me stuff all the time. You know, I thought, that's me. How are you doing? I'm doing better than I deserve. You know what that is? I mean, I mean, that's called grace. That's what God gives. And he understands that. He goes, you know, man, I, I tell you. Because I know this in my life. If I got everything I deserved, woo, take me out, coach. I had enough. How about y'all? But that's not the way God does it. God says you're more than conquerors, right? In Christ. He says, you know what? I see your best on the worst day. And so, Lord, help us to invest in others so that we can show them and invest in them. And also, guess what? Maybe teach them. Let's take a look at this. Proverbs 27, 17. I love this verse. I share it a lot. As iron sharpens iron, so I 
a friend sharpens a friend. A friend of mine, we, we started saying that a long time ago, and I, and I think he had a birthday or something, and I, I got this wooden thing, and on there it was, a, it was a scripture that says, iron sharpens iron. And every time he texts me or something like that, he'll put I-S-I. Iron sharpens iron. You know, does that mean you get along all the time? No. Does that mean everything is love and devil, this and that and everything else? Do I see him every day, all this, all that? No. But there's that bond in there that goes back to this knowing that you know what? Iron sharpens iron. God will use our life together as we put God in the center to sharpen each other for the kingdom of God. Amen? Let's keep on going here. How about this? How are we doing on our loving them? Mark 12, 20, Mark 12 31. And they're talking about, uh, I had a few things in here. The Bible starts out here on um, 1230. It says this, Mark 1230 says, they're talking to Jesus and he says, love the Lord your God. They ask him, what is the greatest commandment? And he goes, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And then he said, I said, look at this next verse. And then he said, the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Do you love your neighbor like you love yourself? We could probably make a couple adjustments here, couldn't we? And everybody's looking over there and they say, they don't know my neighbor. Guess what? Your neighbor probably said the same thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know my neighbor's probably going, what in the world? Uh, especially the other night, me and Kevin was working on my truck, my buddy, and we were hooking a horn up for an hour. Beep, 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 beep. Beep, 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 beep. At 9 o'clock, we stopped fixing the horn because <laughs> it wasn't fixed, you know? And I'm thinking they're probably going, what are they doing out there? Please, somebody, just give them an air horn to blow out the side of the car, you know? The reason I say that is a lot of times we think it's all about us. Anybody in here think like that? Good. I didn't think so. Yeah, it's all about us, right? No, it's not. But you know what? Do, do, are we loving people like God loves them? And I, I love what Tanya has been talking about with some of those blessing bags. That might be a way that we can reach out and show them the love of Christ. And that's not the only way, but we're looking for ways to be that blessing, to love people, to show, to invest in them, to teach them, to show them, and, and share the word of God with them. Amen. But I want you to take a look at this here. This is what we're going to get ready to wrap it up. What will you do for another? You remember the name of our sermon started out for another. You know, what will you do? And I said, here's the question. Here's, here's the moment of truth. Fill in the blank. And, and, and I look at it and so, say, you know, hey, will we take the, the understanding, well, that's not my job. Well, you're, you're the preacher. You, you need to do that. Okay, well, there's probably some truth to that. But guess what? We're all called to make disciples and share the word. Amen. Well, well, you know, I'm, 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 if I'm not too busy, I don't mind doing that. Oh, okay. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't get halfway to the cross and go, you know, I, I, I'm done. That's what he said. It is finished. He went the whole way. You know, I had a few other things in here. I said, you know what? I said, on your darkest moment in the, in the, in the most terrible time, man, don't forget what God's done for you. Never forget it. And I said, don't think that there's ever a minute in your life that God forgets about you. Have you ever been there and felt like that? That's a bad place. You know it's not true, but you can't always go with your feelings. You've got to go with the truth. So what is the truth? That God said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. God said, you're worth it. You're his masterpiece, right? I love that. You want to look that up? Ephesians 2.10. We are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. 
Over and over we look at those things. And, and then when the waves and the water starts getting up around our neck, we seem to forget. But I'm going to tell you, that's why we go back to the basics. That's why we go back and we want to continue to look at these things. So that we get so filled up with it that when somebody pokes you, that's what comes out. You know? I heard a guy preach one time and it's always stuck with me. He says, isn't it crazy? He says, you squeeze an orange and guess what you get? Orange juice. You squeeze a lemon, guess what you get? You get lemon juice. How come when you squeeze when you squeeze a Christian, what should you get? You should get Christ. But if we're not filling up on Christ, guess what? He's not going to be poured out. But I know that we are going to be filling up on Christ. I know that you know what? There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. That might just be listening. That might be praying. That might be coming along the side. That might be a, a card or a phone call. But I'm going to tell you what, whatever it is, God will direct you. And I pray this week that we, we are very sensitive to the things of the Holy Spirit. So that, you know what, when things come up, we say, Lord, you know, is that you? You want me to do this? Never put yourself in harm's way. God will never put you in harm's way. But make sure you're listening to what God has for you. I thought about this over and over today. And I said, you know, the best way I think really to end the message today is going back to that blank. What will you do for another? I want to go a little bit further. Sometimes people say, I have given and I have done. And this person has done me wrong. And I've, I've done this for my child. And I've done this for my grandchild. And I, I've done this. And, I've, and, and, and we say all these things. And it's true. And it's hurtful and all that. But what does God do for you? God doesn't get to a point and just say, you know, you know I, I'm over it. Now, he might give you some tough love. He might, he might let you uh, think about it a little bit. But I'm going to tell you, there's never a time that God does not love you. And that's a good news thing. Isn't it? So today, Lord, help us to reflect the Lord well in all we do. I want to leave you with this. What will you do for another? Fill in that blank. Close your eyes and let's pray. What is it that God will have you do for another? It might not even be right now. It might be later this week. But I pray that, Lord, through this message, you'll bring it back to our remembrance and think about the great sacrifice of your love and the great sacrifice of your son. And I pray as we, we go today that we're open to be used by God. Like I said, it's not a message that you never heard, but it's one that we always need to hear. I pray today that we look in our hearts and first go back to what we start with, the greatest sacrifice. Have you received the greatest sacrifice there ever was? His name is Jesus. And that sacrifice was necessary to pay our sin debt in full. And Jesus Christ came and paid that in full for you on the cross. And on the third day he rose and sits at the right hand side of God and intercedes for all who call on his name. If you're here today and you never received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I pray that today you say, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin, Lord. I believe you're the Son of God. That takes away the sin of the world. And I receive you, Lord, as my Savior. Walk with me. Show me. Teach me. Tell me, Lord. And grow me in your grace. If you're here today and you say, I've done that, buddy. I've done that years ago. I've done that over and over and over. Well, then receive it. And walk in that. And know today that we will miss the mark. But God never does. That's why he sent Jesus to put us back on the rails of his truth. And his salvation and his grace and mercy. Lord, I just want to pray for my brothers and sisters today. For those that are out first, I pray for safety. I pray for wisdom. And I pray for healing over their bodies. For those that are here today.
that are, are just feeling a weak and wounded. I pray for them. They're tired, Lord. We're tired sometimes of just putting up the fight and putting up the front. Lord, fill those spots in our life with your love and your mercy. Put people in our lives, Lord, to encourage us to run this race uh, with great exuberance and, and great love and compassion. Lord, I pray today that this word that I speak next, that they hear that will just be on the forefront of everything they do. Compassion. Help us to be compassionate in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. All right. Well, let's praise the Lord of just how good he is. If you want to stand to your feet, we can praise him. If you want to praise him from your seat, that's great. But we will praise the Lord. Amen.